30 years after the events of the original movie, replicants are now more human than ever before. Ryan Gosling plays a Blade Runner that is working for the Los Angeles Police Department when he uncovers a secret that has a potential to throw an already post-apocalyptic society into chaos. With only his holographic girlfriend at his side, he sets out to find Rick Deckard, you know, the guy from the first movie, played by Harrison Ford, who might just hold the key to changing the world forever. Join Wes and Perry for the third movie in the Banter Movie Club series, Blade Runner 2049. Wes, we're back for another three. Banter Movie Club number yeah, three. We just keep we just keep watching movies, dude. Yeah, I mean this is the third official one, but it's like the sixth one we've done total. But third third mini showed of Banter Movie Club, and this one is Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It's we're breaking into a new genre here. What would that, what would that be like? Mega sci fi? Yeah, 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 yeah. Big time sci fi uh, thriller. All right, we've we've done first one was onward, right? Your your heartwarming your animation family movie, and then our second one was Hancock, which is action. I mean, I, I don't know if it's supposed to be comedy or what, but I would just call it an action movie, I guess. Maybe a tiny mm. bit of sci-fi thrown in there. This one is more like your thriller sci-fi epic movie. Mm-hmm. Man, it was it was a ride. It should be called two, uh, Blade Runner Two Hours Forty Nine Minutes. Yeah, um, <laughs> for sure, <laughs> for sure. Because it's that's just about the, what the runtime is. But no, the twenty forty nine means the year, so it's futuristic. I thought it was funny. I don't know if you caught this, but at the beginning, it talks about how like the ecosystems crash uh, in the twenty twenties, <laughs> and that's when like the like the the world crumbles. <laughs> and I'm like, all well, right, I think, I think the world's I think the world's starting to crumble right now. So. Yeah, I'm like all right, very topical. Okay, all right, I'm in. Yeah, what was your fir- your first impressions? Initial impressions was you watched this what last night? I watched it last night. Yeah. Okay, and um, I watched it two nights ago. Okay. Um, maybe, wow, maybe it was not, long. Yeah, it is long. That's the first thing. Wow, it was long. I was slightly depressed and empowered at the same time. Hmm. Okay. And I couldn't tell if I was enthralled or bored. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's an interesting statement there. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Very long. Uh, to put this in perspective, so it's two hours, 43 minutes, I believe. And mm. I think that's uh, with credits, though. Okay, and, and so two nights ago is when I watched this, and then last night I watched, right before I went to bed, the movie Land Before Time, the original one. <laughs> oh, nice. That movie is one hour and nine minutes. <laughs> At least is it the really? Original, that's the it? original release is, yeah. The wow. later, I think they have a digital one that's like has like 14 extra minutes or something, but you could fit more than two of those movies inside Blade Runner, <laughs> two and a half of them. So, but yeah, I, I, would, I would totally agree with what you said there. It's like, there's parts of it that I was like, wow this is incredible looking like it looks mm-hmm. so good the world is so cool yeah. and then there's other parts that are just like really slow like i 
stopped for a snack break, you know, as one would do, mm -hmm. uh, and clicked on the pause button. And I was like, all right, only an hour left. You know, it was an hour 40 in, and I'm like, all right, only an hour left at that point. So I will say that is one, one negative is that you it notice long. how long it is. Um, it's not one that keeps you glued. Like some long movies, you never notice how long they are, I feel like. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like Endgame maybe... Is uh, yeah. I was never I was never bored in Endgame. Right. I never look at my my phone in Endgame. Uh, so yeah, the best long movies are the ones that you never notice how long they are. But some people actually really appreciate the long movies because they can go deep into the content mm -hmm. and they can show you the little things. So uh, let's dive in a little bit to like the pacing of the movies. One thing I really wanted to talk about: the first hour and a half. It's probably one of the slowest movies I've ever watched in my life. Yeah. That's not 100% a negative. Like, most people think of that as a negative. I don't think, in this case, it being a super slow movie is, like, all a negative because it really lets you, like, sink into the world building. Mm -hmm. You get to just, like, look around and absorb how different things work. Like, how... Do, like things happen in this world how um if you haven't seen the first movie which i don't think i've seen all the way through uh you get to learn some things about mm -hmm. uh, the replicants because the first movie came out in 1982 starring harrison ford yep um and this movie takes out takes place 30 years after that but it came out 35 years after that so it's kind of confusing so that's pretty just, close though yeah why don't they just say 35 years though <laughs> I don't know. Because then it would have to be 2055, I guess. Yeah. 2054. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Quick maths. Quick maths. <laughs> yeah. Would you agree with me on that? That is just like super slow, especially early. So I actually watched the first one probably like a month ago. Really? Yeah. Maybe a month and a half ago. Did not like it. <laughs> okay. This so one was I way better. Okay. Cool. But I definitely felt. When I watched the first one, I definitely didn't know what was going on 80% of the time. But when I watched this one, I definitely felt like I could know what was going on. Mm. Yeah. So that was good. But so Blade Runner 2049 is directed by Dennis Villanueva, mm -hmm. who is an absolute legend. Are you familiar with that name? He did Arrival. Yeah, Arrival. Prisoners, Sicario. So he he's, he's done quite a bit. He's won a lot of awards, especially with his the cinematography in his movies and this one is no different as i was watching it, i was like the cinematography is phenomenal i wonder if it won for cinematography or for effects because mm -hmm. because the effects are like you know really good. they're very good but they're very necessary if the effects weren't great the movie would look horrible right because they're in every scene and sure enough i looked it up and they want it won two oscars one for cinematography, uh, best achievement in cinematography, and the other for visual effects. So, wow, yeah, it's a haul. It's pretty. Yeah, I think it had six noms too. So, it's a it's a critically acclaimed movie for sure. How did you find it? Um, like trying to follow along with the storyline. It was a little confusing. Sometimes, I for a lot of the movie, I was just I was sitting thinking, I was like. Where's Harrison Ford? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, and I was man. also think, and I was also thinking, I was like, okay, so this is obviously Ryan Gosling's Ryan Gosling's movie, but also it's Harrison Ford's movie. Where's Harrison Ford? 
<laughs> well, and so for a lot of the time, I was like, how is Harrison Ford going to be important in the movie? Which might have taken away from me paying attention to a lot of other stuff. <laughs> but <laughs> this feels like a waiting to find Harrison Ford kind of movie uh, a little mm. bit because like because everybody knows Harrison Ford's in it. He's not in a lot of movies anymore. He's still a beloved actor. So it's like waiting while all these other actors and actresses are like in it that you've never heard of uh, right. other other than Ryan Gosling. And then you're like, where's Harrison Ford? Where's Harrison Ford? Right. You never really know. I don't know. I never really felt like Ryan Gosling was searching for for Rick Deckard. Like that, they didn't really seem to make that obvious to me. I don't know. It's like he then stumbles upon him and I'm like, oh, he found him. Nice. Yeah. You know? That's kind of what it yeah. felt like to me. But when he finds Harrison Ford and he walks in with that dog, all I could think of was, when I met Buck, <laughs> out in the Yukon. <laughs> and I'm like, like Call the Wild. Uh, yeah, uh, and everybody gives her, call him such a hard time for Call the Wild that just came out this year because of how bad the dog looked and whatnot. And, and I just couldn't help but thinking of that. Like, this is, this is the first time Harrison Ford was was uh was with buck <laughs> oh man yeah, it was doggy the but, second i saw the dog i was like that dog is gonna jump at ryan gosling and he's gonna kill it and i'm gonna be so irate <laughs> but that didn't happen so it was fine yeah 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 no it didn't happen thankfully the dog doesn't really have any part in the movie no i was glad because if it did <laughs> it would probably die and that'd be sad yeah i mean also um I don't know about you, but whenever they mentioned Rachel in my head, all I could think of was Rachel. That's exactly what I said out loud. I said Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not alone. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that Rachel. The yeah. So I so having not seen the original movie, I did have to catch up on a few things. But I've I've mm-hmm. actually I've watched the Cinemasins, so that's just as good, right? That's about as good a summary as you can get. Yeah. <laughs> so I do get the point. I get I get who the characters were. Took me a while to kind of understand like why is it such a big deal to the world so just to uh throw a spoiler out there if you haven't seen the movie the kind of point of this movie is that uh early in the movie ryan gosling he he uncovers a box of some kind underground Mm -hmm. that has the remain has has remains in it they pull them up they look at them there's uh lacerations there's signs that this this female Thing. died in pregnancy yeah right and then ron gosling's character k uh zooms in very uh far to see that this was a replicant there's a serial number mm-hmm. so that sh- rattles some people uh they want to yeah. keep they want to keep it a secret for now in the lapd because they know that if people could if people found out that a replicant had a kid then there would be some serious issues this would change the way they think of replicants, you know? And I, right. and for a while, it, like I was trying to figure out why is this so huge? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, why is this universe shattering? Like they talk about throwing the whole what's left of the world into chaos. Uh, I think the, the cop lady calls it like disabled the atomic bomb or something like that yeah. um, in the room. So I didn't really understand why that's such a big deal until later, late in the movie when they're underground and the reason that all these replicants want the kid to be to stay hidden uh, is because they are planning some kind of uprising. Replicants can create life, therefore, mm-hmm. 
they should be able to have freedom the same as humans. That's kind right. of their idea. It's confusing. It's very a little confusing. bit. A little bit. But that's not why I liked this movie, I don't think. is The, the storyline, honestly, take it or leave it. But it looked phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It, looked it looked great. Absolutely phenomenal. Have you heard of Roger Deakins, Wes? Yeah. Yeah. But so I don't, I, don't, I don't know why. De- Roger Deakins is probably the most legendary cinematographer ever to live because he direct he he led in cinematography for probably close to 100 movies and some of those including wow. Skyfall, 1917, Prisoners, Unbroken, Sicario, The wow. Village, A Beautiful Mind, and your favorite Hail Caesar. The worst. <laughs> so this guy's absolute legend. You know how much I liked uh, 1917. Yes, uh, you did. You did like it a lot. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. What did you think of the acting in this movie? It was fine. It was fine? It was are fine. You, are you a Ryan Gosling guy? He's fine. Okay. You got to give me something more than fine. He's fine. Well, <laughs> mine, mine. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like the role he had to play was very hard. You're right. Like kind of an emotionless robot, but with like a little bit of emotion. Just a little bit though. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's good. He was good in La La Land. Actually, I didn't really like him that much in La La Land, but I think I just didn't like his character in La La Land. I actually think he's better than Emma Stone in La La Land. That's my hot take. Oof. Like, I, I think Emma Stone's great, but I think he's better. I find his character annoying in La La Land, but... Okay. Um, I mean, he's great in The Notebook. Yeah, you know how I feel about that movie. I know. <laughs> I try to look at him as not a heartthrob because I feel like most people, most people just look at him as a heartthrob. The Nice Guys, he's very good in The Nice Guys with uh, with Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, he's, a, he's a great actor. He's he not good. I think he was a good not choice. Just, not just your, your chick flick heartthrob guy. But he was good. It was fine. It was a strange movie from an acting standpoint because I think Ryan Gosling was in pretty much every single minute of the movie except for maybe... Mm-hmm. You know, maybe two scenes. I can uh, just a couple, just a couple scenes. Yeah, the scenes with Jared Leto being evil. Right, right, with Jared Leto and his weird eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he was in almost every minute of the movie, and he probably had fewer lines than Littlefoot in in the, the Land Before Time movie mm-hmm. that I just watched last night. <laughs> in, I in feel that, like that his... movie's only an hour and nine minutes. <laughs> I think his little robot partner Joy had more lines. Yeah, Joy. How'd you feel about her? Ana de Armas. She's, she's a, fine. She is a great... <laughs> man, you and your adjectives for describing actors and actresses. Oh, fine. Just fine. Fine. Like I said, I, I, got. I couldn't tell if I was like excited or bored half the time, and their acting wasn't very exciting. Wes's scale to, to judging actors. If they did well, fine. They did really fine. They did poorly, eh, fine. And if, she, and if you hated it, you know, fine. <laughs> there you go <laughs> i i thoroughly enjoyed every scene with jared leto in it to be honest did you oh i loved him okay he you was look- a psychopath he was a psychopath i loved it yeah i did not like his little assistant she was not uh, she was scary yeah i don't know what, what what it was but she i also feel like this is like the eighth movie where i've seen like um an evil female henchman for some uh-huh. reason uh-huh but uh, David uh, Dast Malchian played Coco, um, who's like a, a tech guy that works at the LAPD. He's he was 
he is one of the friends of Scott Lang in the Ant-Man movies. Mm. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he doesn't really do much in this movie, but I just noticed he was in there. Not a lot of others that, that are big names. Mackenzie Davis is in it. But I actually uh, really enjoy Ana de Armas's recent work. She was great in Knives Out. Um, she's going to have a big role in No Time to Die movie when that comes out mm. sometime in the next decade. <laughs> is, um, is, she the, uh, is she the love interest? I don't think she's a love interest, but uh, she's in all the trailers. I don't really know what she's going to do. But okay. yeah, so she... She plays Joy, who is this holographic, uh, Robot. yeah, created by the same company that creates the replicants. replicants. They created this technology that is basically your your holographic love companion that just loves and supports you. So it's kind of conflicting by the end because like Joy is this really supporting character, and she's really the only person that really. S- on Ryan Gosling's side throughout the whole time who mm-hmm. really supports his character and is positive and um, you feel like you can really trust her, the audience, you know? Mm-hmm. And then kind of after, you know, towards the end of the movie, she's not in it anymore. And then you find, then he like looks up and sees this huge holographic billboard of joy mm-hmm. that's kind of marketed more towards like a, a sexual toy yeah, or guys than uh than your like companion companion and, and i th- i think you kind of feel betrayed a little bit you know what i mean that like there's just a mass marketed toy when i think the audience was trying to feel some emotion for what was going on in her arc uh throughout you know what i mean yeah it's kind of weird kind of felt kind of felt a little uh conflicted at that point yeah i think that the cop lady was also on his side though a little bit yeah i'd say so you just can't it's hard to tell. She definitely likes him, but she also treats him like he's a replicant, I think. so. Like right, she's... but she also kind of saved his butt at the end a little bit. Not like bit, really, yeah. but a little bit. Yeah, but also she doesn't know what that he... At this point, he thinks he is the kid uh, of the replicants that they're Yeah, and I think for. the bad guys also think he's the kid too, don't they? No, I don't think they do. No. I think they just want Deckard. They want him to lead... Because this is what confused me too. I thought they were they were after him. But then they find him, they beat him up, and they take Deckard, and they leave him. Yeah. So I was like, wait, I thought they wanted to take him. So I don't know. But they no, what they wanted they was him. Back. They wanted him to lead them to Deckard, and they wanted Deckard to find the kid mm-hmm. so that they could study it and, and keep it secret. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. But one of our friends, this is his favorite movie of all time, but this friend, uh, he told me that both of these movies these Blade Runner movies move him in a way that not a lot of other movies do and I thought about it I'm like I didn't really feel much emotion anywhere the emotion I felt maybe just a tiny bit uh, when Joy is kind of shut off for the last time and then that's about it uh, the The other emotions I was feeling was like more. it was more awe more excitement I, I would say more just like marvel at the the great world and stuff that you're seeing, the sci-fi elements, the cinematography, the flying cars, the whatnot, you know, how great it looked. I didn't feel any sad emotion or the idea of, of these, like, what does it mean to be human? This idea, I didn't feel like it was set up super well, Mm -hmm. but maybe it's set up a lot better in the first movie. I don't know. 
No. <laughs> I don't know. But the score was great as well. Did you the notice score, the score? I was going to say that too. The score is great. Uh, like, Benjamin Walfish is the main composer. I think he was a protege of Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer is also credited. Yeah, it's, the it's, score was great. It was very great. I thought, I thought the score was kind of similar to Arrival's. Yeah, I thought Arrival, I thought of Interstellar more probably actually. Interstellar mm. is a very, very similar soundtrack, especially towards the end. The, the score just starts getting really mm. like, it's it's almost like a two hour and 40, 43 minute crescendo. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sure. It starts mm-hmm. like the score is just kind of there, and then as the movie gets going, the score gets more and more obvious and more and more intense. And it was incredible yeah. score. Yeah, yeah, that was um, a major point. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Wes, I don't. What else do you have to say about this movie before we do our uh, we break it down on our hot rod scale of rating movies? It was a great remake or sequel, whatever it technically is. It's a sequel, yes, definitely a sequel because it's like 30, sequel. 30, 30 years after the original. So. Much better than the original. Okay, well, I can't really say anything about the original, but I'd Much say it's better than the original. It's an excellent looking film, one of the best that I've watched in a while. Probably didn't need that extra 30 minutes. <laughs> I think 30 minutes could have been shaved out of this movie without doing a whole lot um but you know then there's a lot of people that will tell me that i'm crazy and that it's perfect so uh one of those movies that that some people just absolutely adore and maybe others not so much but i had a great time with it just maybe wish it wasn't uh you know three hours all along almost right so wes hot rod scale rating movies you know the you know the scale by now don't you you're the devil um oh what's the second one <laughs> i think it's unlegit right yeah you're the devil oh, yeah. unlegit you can scrape the joy out of it cool beans or a straight up party i'm right oh. i like to party i will say you can scrape the joy out of it because it looks so good okay the life is pain and we gotta scrape the joy out of it every chance we get that's all. Only a three. That's Scrape the joy it was, out it of it. It was fine. It was fine. It was fine. On Wes's scale of rating anything, it was fine. That kind of fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fine? On the, fine. Fine. All right. Fine, Wes. I'll rate it this time. And I'm going to give it a cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. So cool beans i did have a good time with it i probably i would i would suggest it to anyone like if somebody like that's kind of another thing is like how would you suggest this to other people i would definitely suggest this to to a lot of people um but that is strictly because of how it looked the world you're in man some of those effects were just those visuals just stellar puts you right in there in the action in the world and you can get your imagination rolling um the story tough to tough to follow that's why it can't be a straight up party in my mind but Mm -hmm. i'm feeling good i'm feeling good with the cool beans sweet wes well we're probably gonna have lots of time to keep watching some more movies you want to pick another one might as well because it looks like we're in here till august Stop. <laughs> of twenty thirty. I can't of twenty forty nine. Yeah, it's like it's like we're actually in twenty forty nine and we're still quarantining. Ooh, this is an interesting one, Wes. Let's do it. All right. Our next one 
BMC number four will be reviewing three billboards outside Epping, Missouri. So that one uh, I've heard is a is a tough one. Like can be can be a little emotional, can be a little tough, can be a little real. So we'll see. I haven't seen this one. Have you? Nope. All right, I'm excited. I'm excited. Next week, tune in. We've got a great episode coming out with the happiest podcast on earth. We're doing uh, underrepresented movies, and then we'll do our, our next BMC. Will be out uh, two weeks from today, so we will see you then. Yeah, enjoy your quarantine, people. <laughs>